back here on Inside Black and Gold. And the reason we have to talk about this first is because if we don't talk about it, then we're not going to have anything to talk about afterward. That's going to be compensation. I'm Jeff Nowak alongside Steve Geller. And as we were talking about, Sean Payton going to get traded, hopefully this offseason. And if he does, the Saints are going to get something back. The question is, what is it? And Steve, you know, what What would you want to see? Like, what would be like, like everything else aside, take all the teams off the table, just in a theoretical Sean Payton trade, what return would you want to see coming back to the Saints? Uh, obviously, a first round pick this year, I think, is number one overall. Obviously, since the Saints don't have one of theirs either. Um, if if they did, you know, had one come into this draft, maybe you think about the possibility of multiple future first rounders if you want to start considering that. But I think getting one for this upcoming draft is pretty vital. And then for me, I, I don't think you're going to get a, a multiple first round picks in the deal. Uh, you'd be lucky to get another second rounder. I think uh, along with the first for me, uh, you're more maybe a first and a third. And I don't know what else you could be maybe looking at at some uh, later compensation. But for me, I take like a, a first round pick and a, a like a number two next year I'd ask for kind of thing. Okay, so here's what Mickey Loomis had to say on that topic. No, we haven't settled on exactly what the comp- compensation is going to be yet, but they're well aware that there's going to be uh, compensation. They're aware. Look, the reason I'm being a, a little bit coy about this is that it's going to be different for every team because they have different picks and they have yeah. different things available to them. And, and uh, so but it's, it's not firm it's with – you have to get our permission to d- have a discussion with them and then they have to have um, – we have to have the compensation settled before they can actually make an offer or hiring. That's an important note here is none of these teams have agreed to say, okay, we will trade you this – if we decide to hire Sean Payton and he comes and coaches for us, right? All four teams, so that's the Broncos, the Texans, the Cardinals, and the Panthers, have agreed to trade for him. Like, they understand that there will be compensation, but it's not a situation where they're like, well, it's going to take at least a first-round pick. It's going to take this, this, this. So that kind of makes it interesting, right? Because you are then allowing Sean to dictate where he wants to go. And I think that's the right approach because like Mickey said, it is a situation where there are different assets for everybody. And this is what Sean had to say when Colin asked him in a very similar kind of answer, but it's very, very descriptive. I think each team um, would be a little different. Mickey Loomis and I have talked already about it. I I think ultimately the compensation for the Saints would be uh, a mid mid or later first round pick. Okay. Um, Now, we can arrive at that in a lot of different ways. Uh, I think Denver has a pick they acquired back when they traded. Uh, it's the 49ers uh, pick. Yeah, so they have okay, that. Okay, you're right. So it's the end Chubb of first pick. round. You're right. Yeah, but but each team's got different ammo yeah. or different pick selections. And, you know, it, it could be a future one maybe where you have to throw in something. Um, I I say this because I know Mickey well, and I heard him talk the other day, and, and he was right on, and I think I am too. Um he he's got a job to do as a general yeah, manager right. with the Saints, uh, and and he'll he'll get the right compensation, and and I'm sure the team, if it gets that far, uh, will arrive at it. And it's probably this year. It would probably be, you know, a mid to late first round pick. I, I would say. 
So, yeah, and, and I think that's that's something when you say mid to late first round pick, right? He said that what, four times in that answer. And it's like, that's not something that he just started saying today. That's probably what when Mickey and the teams who wanted to interview Sean had a conversation, they said, yeah, what about what, what's, what would it take to get yeah, probably a mid to late first round pick, right? And they're like, yeah, okay, I think that makes sense. Let's, let me talk to Sean. And, and so there you have kind of that, that iteration. But not every team has kind of the same assets, as, as he said, right? And so when you're talking about a mid to late first round pick, you're really talking about the value of a mid to late first round pick, right? No, every team works off these pick value charts. And so you look at like, okay, what's the value of the 16, which would be the very middle of the first round, right? And then you say, okay, well, you're not getting the three. You're not getting the two, right? You're not getting the nine probably, but how can we kind of match that value, right? What if the Cardinals said, hey, we'll give you the 34 because they're because the they're, there's actually... Everyone who picks after the Dolphins actually has their next pick moved up one because the Dolphins lost their pick. Um, so what if he gave you the 34 in the next year's second? Would that about balance it out, right? Because you're not going to get the 34 in the next year's first, but you're also not going to get this year's first unless you want to give up maybe your own second. So like, it's not about, okay, well, we definitely have to get exactly a mid to late first round pick, but you have to match that value. So like the Texans, for example, when we talk about why the Texans would be a great landing spot. It's partially because it would make sense for Sean Payton, but it's also because the 12 this year feels like, to me, the ceiling of what the Saints might be able to get in a trade for Sean Payton. At least like in terms of peak draft selection area. They might be able to get a bit more value if like maybe they said, hey, Arizona, like you don't have to give us that first, but we want like two seconds and a third. You know, would you prefer to have that over the 12 this year? I don't know, but I would want the 12 this year because I want to save face for that trade I made last year, right? So that's kind of where you have that balance sheet, in my opinion. To me, I I could see a possibility of maybe being able to sneak away with that ninth overall pick from Carolina if the Panthers are really hot and heavy, seriously involved for Sean Wadham that bad. But the problem is, you know, you've also got to pay still Sean's salary, obviously, after all that. So giving up that high, man, that's tough. Yeah, to give up that high of a pick and then have to turn around and pay him 17, well, you know, 18, 20 million a year. Well, you have to pay him and you also have to sell him on a vision of why he wants to be there, right? And so you're talking about, it's like, yeah, we'll, we're going to trade the nine for you, but then you don't have a first rounder, right? right? And you don't have a quarterback. So like... Unless they said, hey, we're going to trade the nine for you and then we're going to drop a bag on Lamar Jackson's head. I don't see how it would make sense because you don't have a quarterback and you don't really have the assets to go get one. And, you know, maybe Tom Brady goes there, right? Maybe that's how you sell it. But I don't think Tom Brady wants to go live in North Carolina, do you? (laughs) (laughs) It's I I don't know. That's that's tough for me. But again, they do have two second rounders, right? Because of the Christian McCaffrey trade. The Broncos for example, have the 49ers first rounder, which is going to be late first. It might be 31 because again, there's no 32. (laughs) Then they have two thirds, right? So would you, again, here's another example. Would you prefer, and I'll just ask you this. Would you prefer the, the 112, the number 12 overall or the 49ers pick and two third rounders this year? Like what would you, what should you prefer? Say the 49ers pick 30th. And you get either 12 overall or 
12 overall or 31. 29 and then uh, two third rounders. Yeah, I'm going to take I'm going to take the extra third round picks. What about 29 and one third rounder? Uh for the Saints man, it's tough. I I would be happy with getting another fairly high draft pick honestly. Right. So that's what that's kind of what I'm trying to figure out. Unless, like, unless there was somebody that high on the draft board they were in love with, obviously. Yeah, sure. Like maybe maybe there's a quarterback that you can go get, but I don't know around 12. I think the Saints should be in asset collection mode. Yeah. More so than than splash pick mode, in my opinion. No, I definitely agree of, of trying to, you know, gain as many as much ammunition as Sean put in, put it in there with Colin Cowherd. And we've seen this team hit on, on a number of spots in the draft before, and it, it's they they need a kind of infusion of young talent. They need to hit big in, in a in a draft class to help move things along here right now. Especially everyone keeps talking about them being in salary cap hell. Obviously, the best way to to fuel your roster is with young, manageable contracts. That's that's a no brainer. Yeah, and and I and I think whenever you don't have a quarterback you should be in asset collection mode. And the Saints very much don't have a quarterback right now. Because that's the difference to me. Like, if you have the quarterback, if you have a Justin Herbert, if you have a Joe Burrow, if you have a Josh Allen, if you have any of the, <laughs> heck, even Daniel Jones. Like, if you had a Daniel Jones where you felt like, hey, this is a guy who we can win with, yeah. then that 12 becomes way more valuable than the, than the 29 and the third. Because you might be one piece away. In this case, you could be all but one piece away, but if you don't have that quarterback – you probably can't win. And obviously the 49ers are proving that they're an exception to that because Brock Purdy was literally the last pick in this draft. And he's proving to be, I don't know if he's good, but he's good enough doing a good enough job to win playoff games. And I can name you a whole lot of quarter. Like, like you have Trent Dilfer, right? Like you can win with that guy, but you have to, you have to be in asset collection mode and your roster has to be incredible up and down to win that way that's why the extra third would be more valuable than maybe picking 12 with the difference you can get from 12 to 29. Now, what I will say is that the saints have struggled to pick at the latter half of the first round, right? Like that's, it's not somewhere that they have proven to be able to draft particularly well, that they dropped really well in the second round and the third round and the fourth round, they seem to be able to find hidden gems, but whenever they end up picking in the twenties, since maybe Cam Jordan, right? Like Cam Jordan, Mark Ingram are exceptions back in 2011. You know, you end up with a Stephon Anthony or, yeah. uh, you know, Peyton Turner, Marcus Davenport. You know, I think Marcus Davenport was actually 18. But their track record for picks in the second half of the first round have not been great is kind of where I'm going with. Yeah, it's kind of odd to think that you you look at their later round selections have hit a lot more. Uh, what was Rankins? Yeah, he was probably mid, so not even 12. really late. Okay. I think he was the 12th overall pick. So, yeah. Caesar Ruiz, 24. Peyton Turner, 28. Davenport was 14, so he's tough to include. Ramchek was 32. That was a good one. Rankins was 12. Stefan Anthony was 31. Brandon Cooks was 20. Kenny Vaccaro was 15. Oof. Then Cam Jordan, Mark Ingram, 24, 28. Patrick Robinson was 32. Robert Meacham was 27. But then you have, like, okay, Chris Olave was 11. Marshawn. Marshawn was 11. Chosen Rankins was 12. Andres Pete, you can complain all you want about him. He has been a serviceable guard in the NFL for a decade. Not a decade, eight years. <laughs> he was 13. And I mean, his issue has always been health, right? Kenny Vaccaro was 15. So I like Malcolm Jenkins was 14. So I think if you want to look at it this way, I trust the Saints to make a high quality selection at 12. A little bit more than I trust them to make a high quality selection 
at 28, 29, because I think this team gets a little too caught up in traits at that point of the draft. And then you end up with guys who, you know, from a mental makeup perspective might not be where they need to be. And you take guys from small schools that that are all potential and then they don't pan out. And, and that's a struggle, I think. So I don't know. I, I still would like the 12th, even without the quarterback, even the, even though the argument I just made would seem to indicate that I would prefer the late first rounder and the, and the extra picks. I want the 12th. I want Sean in Houston, get him out of the NFC. And I want the saints to pick number 12. That'd be an ideal scenario. Like I said, and it's also funny. The fact that you think, Oh, the Dallas Cowboys were constantly always mentioned as that landing spot for Sean and where he wanted to be. And just to go to Houston organization would be another satisfying kick to the Cowboys rear end. <laughs> I know. And so like, there's a few other teams, like obviously we mentioned the Texans. So they have, they have this number two overall, and then number 12, and then they have a second rounder, two thirds, and they have two firsts next year. So how about, how about this as a scenario? The 2023 second from the Texans, which would be 33 overall, and then the Texans first next year. That seems a little steep, huh? Would it be? How about, how about the Browns first? Yeah, just two two first for Sean seems a little steep for me. No, it's not a first. It's the it's the thirty the third number thirty three. So they're keeping two and twelve. Okay, keeping two and twelve. Yeah. So that's the difference. They're not giving up twelve, but they are giving up the number the second pick in the second round and, next, and year's first. next year's first. All right, you're playing a little gambling there. Well, that's what that's what I'm, I mean. That's what the Saints did, right? Like that's what the Saints did and gambling that. Next year's first wasn't going to be that high. Wow, and wow. So do you think that Sean Payton coming in to a weak division can keep you out of the top 10? Can, can get you better than 12? I don't know. Look at what Doug Peterson did, you know? Right. So, you know, I think that's kind of a, that's kind of a question, right? It's like it's the same gamble the Saints took this year when they traded for the 19. And they said, well, yeah, but what if, would that extra first help us win the division? Which it almost did. Well, I don't think the extra first did, but they almost won the division. <laughs> um, and because Trevor Penning didn't play, really. So I don't know. That's another one. But I think like that's why this, this conversation is really interesting because it's like you can't just say, well, you're going to give us this. We're going to approximate this. Then we're going to come up with, with a number. But I do think when you look at the Texans, they can give you a lot of interesting options. Whereas the Cardinals, for example, they have the number three overall pick. Great but then they don't have any extra picks to play around with. Like every pick they're trading means that they are not making a pick this year. Like the Texans can trade the 12 and still pick number two. The Cardinals can trade the three and then not pick until the second round. And then they have a third, a fourth and a sixth. That's it. So like they can't give you their extra second, you know, like they don't have it. So like, yeah, best pick you're going to get from them this year is going to be the 34. And so where do you go from there? without the Cardinals giving up a significant number of assets because they only have their picks. They have all of their picks, but they only have, I'm sorry, they have all but their sixth round pick next year. So like, will the Cardinals give you the 34 in the, their future first? Probably not, right? Because that's their only future first. The, the Texans have two next year. The, the quarterback situation in Arizona for me and the lack of quote-unquote draft ammo really isn't attractive at all with, I agree. with the Arizona I, I Cardinals. And you're, lose, you're also losing DeAndre Hopkins. And J.J. Watt retired, right? Like, right. everyone's trying to sell me on the Cardinals, and I get it because I know that that Sean Payton really likes Kyler Murray. I just don't know everything else around that, right? Like, I, I don't see it. And I, I don't know if Arizona is an NFL fan base that really gets me excited. 
you know, like <laughs> it's hot, but it's not fun. You know, it's a desert. <laughs> you know, it's not like it's not like, I guess like it's Southern California for Sean. That's what people yeah. are thinking, maybe. Yeah, I guess. But um, yeah, like that 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 market does not excite me in that sense. But like like again, like the Broncos, yeah, they have some interesting. Even even though they made the trade for Russ, they still have some interesting assets. The Chargers are very similar to the Bengals in that they have all of their original picks. You know, like they don't do stuff like this, and that's why when you're talking about why would they keep Brandon Staley, it's because that's what they do, right? They run it back. They do this kind of thing. Um, same thing with the Bengals. Like that, they were always that team that was just like, yeah, we're just gonna we're gonna see how it goes. <laughs> The Cincinnati situation is is crazy how things have worked out there for them. But that's what happens when you get a top-tier quarterback, obviously. Yeah, and that's why you look at it and you're like, why would the why would the Chargers stick with Brandon Staley when we've seen that, you know, all it takes is the quarterback and then the right pieces around him. And you you I don't see – like you have the star running back. You have the star receivers. You have a decent offensive line. Not a great, but a decent offensive line. The defense is solid. Can't win. And no, then keep him. I can't believe you know. Like I know that I said like, well, this makes sense. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't. It doesn't. But they're going to do it because they're the Chargers and they got a charge. It it just it's wild to me considering the fact that you have this, you have the be all end all gift that's on the market. I, 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 granted, it is a very expensive package you have to pay for to get Sean Payton services, but it just seems like the most obvious and perfect fit there for location and talent, quarterback, and an organization in desperate need of some kind of nuts, you know, some kind of swag, whatever you want to say it is that Sean Payton brings as the, the man, the person, along with his football know-how just seems too perfect. And they're like, nah, we're going we're gonna to stick with this kid. And, and not, not for nothing against Brandon Staley, but when you look at what he brings to the table compared to Sean Payton, there's no freaking difference. The only argument I'll make for it is you would basically be handcuffing yourself to Sean saying, yes, I want to be there because you can't do it beforehand. He's under contract. So if they tried to back channel and said, hey, Sean, would you come here if we fired Brandon Staley and they got caught doing it, then they wouldn't have a first round pick to trade because the NFL would take it away. just like it did to the Dolphins. Right. So like, you know, that's tough. So you're basically have to go on faith that we're going to fire our head coach who we think maybe, okay, he can figure this out, we think. But we're not sure, but we think. We have to fire him and then say, well, there's four other teams that are interviewing Sean. Hopefully he picks us. And then if he doesn't, then what are you going to do? Right? Like then you've just fired your head coach with no backup plan. So there is risk there. And I understand it because we're kind of like going into this saying, well, if they fired Brandon Staley, Sean Payton would be inserted immediately as the next head coach. And I don't know if that's true. It might be true. But like, we're all guessing and Sean can't come out and say it. They can't come out and say it. So I think that might be playing a role here in, in making it a little more difficult, but I agree with you. Like, honestly, I think it's more about what they would have to pay Sean, not what they would have to pay the saints in compensation for Sean. Maybe which is crazy to me. If that's the case, because like we're talking about billionaires here, like get the hell out of here. Yeah. But I <laughs> like, guess, <laughs> you know, making Sean possibly the first $20 million a year coach, it's but pretty who cares? absurd. Like, how, I mean, this this is a billion dollar organization. It makes no sense to me, anyway. But that that's like, the thing, though. Too, you mentioned the Chargers going to be Chargers. They've never been that that team to to go up and swing for the grand slam kind of thing. And so that 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 part makes sense. Yeah, that's why they never hit a grand slam. <laughs> they got Khalil Mack, though. They did get Khalil Mack. Yeah. But all right, that, I think that we kind of went through that, and I think I think we laid out you know a decent number of like the interesting scenarios that 
could occur here and why, you know, these, there's a lot that the Saints can pull out of this if they do it the right way. And that's why you're not trying to play hardball with Sean. You're not trying to play hardball with other teams. You are trying to maximize your return. That's the important thing is you're not you're not trying to you're not trying to hold people's feet to the fire. You're not trying to make them angry at you to the point where they're like, "You know what? I don't want to do this anymore. It's not worth it. We're going to ride it out." It's what's the most you can get where everyone who has the ability to screw you over does not feel like they're inclined to do so. Cuz everyone in this discussion, every team that's negotiating at the Saints Sean Payton, Mickey Loomis, everyone has the ability to screw one party or more over in this in this situation. And why wouldn't you do that? Well, one reason you wouldn't is knowing that that other team didn't do it to you. And I think that's part of this, right? Like I have people saying like, well, if the, if the, if the Cardinals are willing to give up the three and the Texans won't give up the two and then Sean wants to go to the Texans and like, no, it's not how this is going to work. This is a much more amicable situation than that. <laughs> what I could see as an issue, though, is what if Sean is like, I don't like anybody. I'm going to wait. And that just that hurts. Right. Exactly. And <laughs> then you're then you're talking about nothing. You know, maybe next year, who knows what's going to come open. Right. right. Maybe it's only the Chargers. And so they have all the leverage and all you end up getting is like a fourth rounder. Right. <laughs> oh, so God. like. That's why, you know, you're Mickey Loomis and you are working with Sean. You are working with these other teams because it's an asset and you just want to make sure that by the time you sell it, it's worth something. And and that's the biggest thing. Yeah, and, and I think fans have probably finally come to the realization that Sean's not coming back. It's it's They're going to go forward with Dennis Allen and the, the magical dream of Sean coming back to New Orleans and taking over after a year off is not going to be the case. Right, this discussion we're having about Brandon Staley is the same discussion other people are having about the Saints. It's like, I can't believe they're bringing that guy back. Anyway, I guess touche, right? <laughs> but all right, let's wrap that up and we can talk about the two assistant coaches who are getting interviewed in other locations and why one of the weird decisions of last offseason is the reason it's happening. Um, stick around on Inside Black and Gold.